If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Hello and welcome back to the GC Sunscast, the longest-running Gold Coast Sun show on the interwebs. Uh, and that is all thanks to our Patreon sponsors, Jack Stad, Dale Snelling, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and Tim. You can join our Patreon sponsors by heading over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast you can also help support the show by heading over to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Spotify, wherever you like to get your favorite podcasts from. Like, subscribe, and review, and that helps so many other Sunners find our little Gold Coast Suns community. I'm your host, Shane, and tonight I'm welcoming to the show for the second time in Suns history, uh, Jason Churchill. Welcome to the Gold Coast Suns cast. Indeed, thank you very much, and thanks for having me uh, again. I must have uh, gone okay last time, so I've, I've got to re- return uh, invite. So thank you very much. Well, it was always on my agenda because we had such a good chat last time. I thought this is a bloke I can talk footy with for hours and uh, get as much content as I can uh, for the GC Sunscast. So welcome back to the show. Um, Again, touched on it last time you were on the show, but you were the interviewer and the host of the Gold Coast Sun's very own club podcast, the Inside 50 podcast. Any update on when that's coming back? Uh, With COVID, obviously, there was um, a lot of stuff being pushed aside and that was one of the ones that had to be let go for the time being. Has the club indicated anything about coming back at some stage this year? Uh, nothing as yet. So basically, um, yeah, I, I'm the inaugural host of uh, Inside 50, which is uh, done internally by the uh, the Gold Coast Suns Football Club, and they they obviously have controls in place and the um, the entire uh, studio set up and the interviews face to face with players and coaches and staff and the likes of John Haynes and Stuart Chew and number of players over the journey I was lucky enough to uh, to have on the show and uh, unfortunately COVID uh, as we all know um, a year ago has uh, has struck and changed everything and uh, unfortunately that does still carry on um, with, uh, with with the Suns and, and with AFL where there is some, still some some limit, limiting circumstances where uh, not a staff member as such um, I'm not allowed uh, onto uh, or into the football club, so to speak, uh, and have direct contact with uh, with players and officials for uh, for obvious reasons. Because uh, even though we are, uh, I guess, sort of COVID-free from a uh, community transmission point of view, you, you don't know what you don't know, and anyone could have it at any time, and uh, it could throw the, the the integrity of the competition competition into. Uh, 
into a bit of a spiral if somebody uh, outside of it uh, doesn't um, or comes in and, and potentially has it. Um, so, which would include someone like myself. So, unfortunately, Inside Fifty is still on pause, but as the moment uh, it potentially comes back, hopefully later this year or worst case scenario, the twenty twenty two season, I'll uh, I'll certainly be uh, letting you know, and you'll be one of the first to know, Shane, for sure. Yeah, well, fantastic. The club desperately needs something like that. Um... You know, I, I can't do the heavy lifting myself and it would be nice if the club could help out. Uh, it's it's kind of surprising, though, they haven't looked to use Zoom chats or something like that to still get the message across because I, I think that's uh, something that could still definitely be done and maintain that distance that you're required to. Yeah, definitely. I, I've thought that as well, but I do also know that the resources uh, are spread a bit thin, and it, um, it is something that it, that wasn't a uh, a number one priority for them. Obviously, the uh, the health and welfare of uh, all the players and all the staff. Obviously, a number of staff um, are no longer there across any AFL club. Um, the, uh, the the salary cap and the uh, uh, the soft cap has obviously been reduced as well and uh, the spending inside of football departments just aren't there. So the, the, there's minimal uh, minimal resources to uh, to what they used to be. So it's still a transition that we're going through. Um, when I say we, I, I include myself as a as a Suns Foundation member. Um, uh, but obviously the, we as a, as a football-loving community um, across the AFL and uh, more specifically the Gold Coast Suns, we do have... Um, obviously a significant transition that uh, we haven't been here before um, with, with everything going on, uh, obviously around COVID, et cetera. Uh, and it's it's still very young and it's it's only 12 months um, since it pretty much hit our shores. So it's still in, 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 our, in its infancy and it could be another couple of years before um, it's resolved in some way, shape or form, if ever. So it's just the new norm, I guess, Shane, isn't it? It is. Um, and the new norm is the ticketing uh, schedule and the way that's all working now for the Suns. I got my email yesterday for tickets for round four and round six. So I'm looking forward to finally getting on and claiming them. I think that comes up at about 1 p.m. Queensland time on Wednesday. So yeah, all right, yes, tomorrow, yeah. yeah. And uh, you're going to... Saturday night's game against North, I presume, being a fan of both both teams. Yes, indeed. Well, obviously the the, the Kangaroos are in a, a, a significant rebuilding and a, a transition phase themselves as, a, as an entire club. They made a lot of changes off the field and uh, even more on the field. So, um, very young team. Uh, they were pretty exciting for the first quarter against um, Port Adelaide, but uh, certainly Port Adelaide. Are, uh, a likely top two finish, I think, again this season, um, and they well and truly showed that for the for the following three quarters, and will be very tough to beat this year. But uh, I think uh, the Kangaroos will will surprise a few teams during the year with how competitive I still think they can be. Um, but I believe, yeah, most likely bottom bottom four, if not bottom two, will be the the, the likely finish for North Melbourne. And in saying that. The Gold Coast Suns desperately, desperately need to get off the mark this weekend uh, against them. You could almost pencil it in at the start of the season for a, a must-win game for them. Not uh, not penciling in a win, but certainly penciling in a must-win. Uh, they have to beat North Melbourne on Saturday. Yeah, it is. It was always a, a difficult task to go up against West Coast over in Perth, and this is probably the first real 
uh, game they would have penciled in as a a, a must win. Um, the West Coast would have been nice, and I'm sure they would have tried to to get a win from that. But this one is a different kettle of fish, or in this case, footballs. Um, so, are you planning on having the North Melbourne suit of yours ironed and ready to wear, or is it just the Suns one that's hanging up ready to be worn on Saturday? Uh, it'll just be the Suns one. <laughs> uh, the North Melbourne one's pretty old. I reckon I've had it for 20 years, but uh, it'll be the uh, definitely be the Gold Coast Suns one. And um, it is reversible, though. You can. It does have a blue. It does have a blue uh, lining on the inside. <laughs> so, uh, if North were to happen to get up, I could always turn coat. But no, I wouldn't do that. Um, well and truly, um, uh, Gold Coast Suns supporter, and uh, having been on the Gold Coast for. Uh, well and truly over 40 odd years um it's uh great to see the, that we've got our own team on uh on the best place on the planet and um, we've got our own afl club even better so um yeah the gold coast uh, is my number one team these days oh that's good to hear um so your predictions for the suns in 2021 do you think we'll make finals do you think we'll get enough wins to make finals at the start of the uh, and I'll, I'll I'll start with what my predictions were a couple of weeks ago when I got asked by a few uh, a few footy friends of mine. I thought that in the vicinity of eight to ten wins would be acceptable and a pass mark. Um, looking closer at round one, so now a little bit of a revision, uh, a review mirror, or revision of the round. And how close it actually was, I think 11 wins could sneak into the eight. 11 wins and good percentage could get you into the eight. However, I don't want the Suns to limp into the eight and finish eighth and get pumped in the first final because that could set them back a little bit. 13 to 14 wins, I think, would be getting you into fifth and sixth position. And I'd love to see the Suns finish in fifth or sixth at some point, if not this year than next year because that gives you a home final. I just think it, for a young group, finishing, sneaking into the eight and just getting there and, 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 and finishing eighth or, or seventh or eighth and just getting there and a bit banged up and then getting pumped by a really good team away from home in week one of the finals can leave some scars. And we've seen that happen over the years with other teams. I'd prefer to see the Suns have a really good build have be really super competitive, get eight to ten wins, and then go with a bullet next year into into fifth or sixth position or higher, ideally, and then have a home final or at least a double chance. If because um, I think they're more than capable of that. So I'm going to predict that they'll finish right now. I'll say I'll say ten wins, uh, ten wins, and I, they'll finish in around about tenth or eleventh position. Um, but I'll tell you what, if they get a snag a couple of good early wins, particularly away from home. I think the three games they've got coming up at home uh, starting this week against North in two weeks' time against Carlton and then another two weeks' time against the Swans. If they win those three and they pinch another one from home and they're four and two after six, talk to me again because I'll, I'll probably start leaning towards a 12 or 13 win season and then you're almost talking finishing in that sixth position and having a home final and wouldn't that be an absolute dream this season it would absolutely and yeah i gotta agree with your your predictions i think they'll probably be around the mark 
However, we'll discuss this later, but round one was certainly a change in the way the Suns have played in the past, and it could be a telling point to the way their future goes. Uh, We'll discuss that more later. But uh, leading goal scorer, um, best and fairest winner, who do you think are the likely candidates for this season? Uh, I reckon you can lock this in, uh, barring injury and, 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 and really bad form or poor form. Uh, ben King will kick 45-plus this year. He kicked three goals in the weekend and looked really good, but he'll kick 45-plus. And I think you'll see a lot of big scores kicked this season with some of the rule changes that we can touch on later. But uh, I can see the key forwards getting more space, getting more one-on-one contests. And I can see uh, the likes of Ben King and, and other forwards around the competition kicking more goals than they did last year. Remembering we're back to 22 rounds, remembering we're back to 20-minute quarters plus time on, which is a 20% uplift on last year, um, and five extra games as well. So don't be surprised if someone like Ben King even kick 50 to 60 goals. I think Seco, um, Alex Sexton, could kick 30-plus as well, and you could have the likes of uh, Benny Ainsworth and Isaac Rankin uh, chipping in with 20, 25 goals each, mm. um, which... If they do that, then we are talking about the uh, uh, the 10, 11, 12 win season. Um, but yeah, Ben King for sure. Um, and the best... This is going to be an interesting one because I, I think this player flies under the radar a little bit. And we gave a lot up to get him to the club. Um, we gave up a very high draft pick for him uh, to pinch him from uh, Fremantle. But Lockie Weller... I think that they've really found a role for him as the outside midfielder. He's not a massive body. He's got great skills. He's lightning quick. He reads the ball beautifully. He's been playing quite a bit the last couple of seasons off half back or off a wing. Um, He will play on a wing on occasions, but it looks like the likes of um, Brandon Ellis and um, Jack Lacocious will probably be the mainstays on the wings when we can touch on them as, as well a bit later on. But uh, Lockie Weller, I think, will get a lot more of the ball. He was really good on the weekend. He had over 20 possessions. And a number of times, we were able to get a clearance because they were worried about him. So I, so I watched him very closely during the game, and he got double-teamed around the ball because I know if he gets it, he's got the leg speed to break away from the pack. Whereas some of the other players... Um, Greenwood and um, and Turk Miller don't have the same sort of leg speed. They're good. They're not lightning quick like Weller. So, but they get space. And you saw a lot of clearances come from Miller and Swallow and Greenwood, who I've just mentioned, because Lockie Weller was actually a concern for the West Coast. So watch for Lockie Weller. If he doesn't get manned up around the contest, he'll have a massive season. He'll have 25, 30 possessions, but... His 30, 25, 30 possessions are worth 45 possessions of someone who doesn't have the same sort of speed and kicking ability that he does because he makes good decisions as well and he's extremely experienced and he's spent enough time in the game now in his mid-20s to really be able to rip open the season and uh, and really set things up for the Suns and, and be a really good entry point uh, into the Ford 50 coming off his boot. Yeah, I like that. Lockie Weller sort of goes under the radar a bit with all the hype around Matt Rowell and some of the other recruits that we've got. Uh, so he's definitely a candidate to to go and win the... What's the award called these days? 
Um, it, it is. It's not the. It's, it's not Gary Ablett, is it? It's, no, um, it's, I don't know if they've actually named it. it it's the, the Club Champion Award, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, I don't think they've named it yet. They don't even name it the best and fairest like a lot of other clubs. They, it, it's called the Club Champion Award, so yeah. uh, obviously, which was won by Sam Collins last season. Uh, I don't actually think they've, they've given a, a name as yet. I dare say it could be, give it five years, it could be the, uh, the Wits Swallow Medal. Um, oh, I like the like, sound of that. Yeah. The, the, the co-captains who uh, take us into our first finals and uh, lift the Premiership Cup in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's a breakout candidate for the season, do you think that we've got a second or a third-year player that looks likely yeah, to... Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I've actually got three. I've got three bracketed here, um, and I, I'd love to hear your opinion, Shane, on uh, who's your pick out of these three. Um Cheating a little bit, but um, on the back of his amazing game and, and best, uh, certainly best on ground for the Suns, and uh, he got vote, coaches' votes uh, was uh, was Jack Bowes. He was he was sensational for for the Gold Coast, and they found a role for him um, a bit deeper in defence. Um, he was playing half back. Uh, it looks like he's playing more back pocket or taking the third. Uh, the third tall, which is he will be outsized sometimes, and he did get outsized on the weekend uh, and outmarked a couple of times by Oscar Allen in the first couple of minutes. But after that, he uh, he played a very good game. So Jack Bowes will be one to really enjoy and watch his development this year. He will ultimately become a midfielder, um, and he'll probably take the reins of someone like a, a Dave Swallow as Dave Swallow um, gets older over the next couple of years and may play a little bit more forward. Um, I can see Jack Bowes being a, a real star um, uh, of the competition, not just for the Gold Coast Suns, uh, but he he was he was superb on the weekend. Um, but I already had him earmarked prior to prior to this game. I think it's it, he's ready to go. His body is the right size um, and shape, and he's had a few pre-seasons into it now. Alongside these two players, uh, Ben Ainsworth um, came to the club about the same time as Jack Bowes, so he's had it three or four good pre-seasons under his belt. Unfortunately, missed the weekend with a bit of hamstring tightness, but he will be back this week, I believe. Um, and the third one is more so... He was very good last year, but more so another level of... another year of uh, maturity in the game, more experience, uh, another, another year in the gym... Um, but his positional play on the wing most of this year, because they want him kicking in forward, will be Jack Lacocious. So he will get a lot of the ball. He's the go-to uh, that they're going to try and get it. If they can't get through Weller coming out of the midfield, they'll get it out on the wing to Jack Lacocious and watch for his entries into the forward 50. Uh, they'll be superb because he's brilliant by foot and kicks long, and he's a, he's he's tall, can mark, so he's going to be a hard matchup for. Uh, for other clubs to play him on the wing. So Jack Bowes, Ben Ainsworth and Jack Lacocious are the three that I'm, I'm putting all the chips in the table on those three. And um, uh, I'll talk more so around someone like Noah Anderson and, uh, and Matt Rowell, who obviously were the top two picks from 2019. Um, I expect them to be, obviously Rowell's had a bit of a bit of a hiccup again, but and, uh, Anderson and Rowell, my hopes are more so when they're 20, 21, 22. So I expect more out of Bose, Ainsworth and Lacocious this year, and then I'll expect more again out of Noah Anderson and Matt Rowell um, next year and the year after when they are 2021 20, uh, and 22, because that's when you're really starting to come into show 
uh, the football world who you really are. Yeah, I've always, out of the three that you've named as your breakouts, I think Ben Ainsworth is the one that I'm expecting something big from. We, we've seen glimpses of Ainsworth's real talent and his work rate, but we've never seen it all come together uh, due to injury, due to form, due to position changes. Uh, I think he's the one that could really bust out and take the competition by storm. But it, it's a case of whether he can. He's obviously got off to a rocky start with the, the tightness in his hamstring. But hopefully he can he can come out. From all reports, he had a pretty good preseason and we should hopefully see more of him. Uh, with the way Gold Coast are playing as well, I think that's going to play into his hands. Um, who are the others? Lacocious, of course, his kicking is an absolute weapon. Other teams have learnt and recognised that. Um, and I think the move for him from half-back now to more of a wing, the club are looking to use him to deliver the ball inside 50, which is a positive because it's one of the areas that we struggle with the most. Yes. So seeing that move is certainly going to help Lukosius. And the other player, Jack Bowes, it strikes me as unusual because I've always felt, at least for the last few years, that Jack Bowes has already sort of broken out, but he could quite conceivably have a second breakout and go yep. to another level. It's kind of scary that there's another level to Jack Bowes because we'll discuss it later in the West Coast game, but he's already become such an accomplished player at such an early age. Um, plenty to like about the Suns and their young talent coming through and it's just something to look forward to every single week now with the Suns. Um, let's move on to the AFLW. Um, Gold Coast Suns played the Carlton Blues and unfortunately lost by 10 goals. Four goals, three, 27 to 13 goals, nine, 87. It was off a fast start for the Suns. They kicked three goal, the first three goals of the game, but Carlton worked them back from then on. And um, the only highlight after that first few minutes of brilliance was uh, Lucy Single. She kicked a brilliant goal after working from half back and shrugging off a few tackles. Uh, a great performance from her and um, hopefully there's more good news for the Suns women's. They come up against Geelong this week in the doubleheader just before the game versus Kangaroos for the men's and the only other winless side in the AFLW competition. So hopefully the Suns can get a win and finish the season off on a positive note. It will be- Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like Insta confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Be the last game for the season for the Suns, and um, hopefully they can uh, improve over the preseason and come back next year and give a, a stronger performance. Yes, indeed. I, I think it's a real opportunity for the uh, for the Suns AFLW team to. Uh, Individually and, and collectively, um, last year they had a, they had a couple of awesome wins. Obviously, it was COVID affected, and they ended up sneaking into the finals. And 
unfortunately lost heavily to, to Fremantle in their final. And that sort of what I earmarked earlier, I think that left a few scars. They went, geez, we're, we're a fair way off, aren't we? We're, uh, we snuck into the finals. They came up against a red-hot Fremantle team over in Perth and, and had a 10-goal-plus loss um, from memory. And I think that's left a few pre-season scars with some of the girls to go, geez, we've got a long way to go. And it actually set them back a little bit this year, is my thought. Um, and obviously now they're, they're winless so far this season. They've had, they've had some very close losses and they've been super competitive in some games. Uh, they have dropped off, certainly last week against Carlton. Carlton are a very good team, but uh, a 10-goal loss in, uh, in the AFLW is... Uh, is not that common. They're normally uh, closer margins. So um, hopefully this week they come out against Geelong on a uh, on a soggy uh, ground, home ground at Carrara, um, at Metricon Stadium. Um, and you, we were talking uh, prior to the, <laughs> the podcast, Shane, that uh, hopefully Geelong and uh, the Gold Coast um, AFLW teams don't have a draw because I'm sure one of them wants to uh, sing the song at least once this year. So uh, fingers crossed, it's not a draw, but uh, let's let's hope for a, a solid win to the uh, uh, to the women's team for the for the Sunnies this uh, this Saturday afternoon. I think it's about four o'clock it starts, which is um, a couple of uh, three hours before the uh, the the Gold Coast Suns uh, North Melbourne game um, at seven, I think it is. So fingers crossed, two wins on the weekend. The Suns. Yeah, definitely. And the current divide, I think, between the Suns women's and the rest of the competition, namely the Victorian sides, it seems like all the the big sides leading the pack in the competition this year have really solid youth talent. It seems like the talent that's come through the VFL draft, because uh, if you're not aware, there is no national draft for the women's competition. It's all state-based. Um, so obviously the Victorian clubs have had their pick of the best talent um, coming from Victoria, whereas Queensland's only uh, Gold Coast Suns are only limited to the Queensland talent or those that elect to be drafted to a Queensland club. Um, from all reports, though, there is some quality talent in the Suns Academy that's coming through, and the Gold Coast Suns should hopefully pick up uh, a couple of brilliant young girls in the upcoming draft uh, for next season, so it'll be yeah, it'll be a slow build, I think, Shane, for the for the women's team because we are a, a very immature market um, in, in Queensland with AFL, uh, not just for the for the women but for the men as well as we've seen. But it is absolutely growing at um, uh, breakneck speed, so uh, that's exciting. It'll be we'll catch up very quickly. Put it that way. Uh, we're behind the eight ball now, um, but we will go past them, I think, uh, in the coming years, which is uh, exciting to see. And you're spot on, I believe. There is a fantastic academy set up for uh, for the women and also for the men with a lot of talent coming through, and we're seeing the uh, the fruits of that already. Yeah, and the talent coming through is a perfect segue to our review of the West Coast game. Talent, talent yeah, talented. The Gold Coast Suns took on West Coast over in the West and unfortunately lost by 25 points. 8 goals, 10, 58 to 12 goals, 11, 83. Ben King kicked three goals and best on ground is arguably Bose with his 30 disposals, 100% disposal efficiency and 14 marks. David Swallow with 29 disposals, one goal. Oleg Markov, 20 disposals, 14 marks. Jack Lukosius, 23 disposals, 787 metres 
gained. And they weren't the only contributors to this game. Sean Lemons played a brilliant role shutting down the Eagles small forward Liam Ryan. And Brandon Ellis did a great job shutting down Andrew Gaff, who normally averages around 30 disposals a game and was held to just 16. So uh, contributors all over the place in a loss. And it was really only the first few minutes of the game where the Suns were a bit slow to start and West Coast got three quick goals that uh, sort of set the tone for the game. But the Suns brilliantly clawed their way back and were actually in front by as much as seven points uh, a few minutes into the final quarter before West Coast overran them and got got away with a couple of late goals to get that margin out to 25 points. What's your take on this game, uh, Jason? It was very... I was very impressed by the way that the Suns composed themselves and chipped the ball around in the defensive 50, looking for that path through the middle of the ground to get into the forward line. It was something we haven't seen from a Gold Coast Suns side before, and they look like an experienced senior AFL side. They did indeed. The trust and the confidence they had in each other uh, and in themselves individually was, uh, was sensational to watch. They, they took the corridor on and in the past you've seen players oh they've got a bit of the ball or they're chipping out wide it gives the chance a, a huge chance for the opposition to get numbers back in defense and make it a really difficult contest when there's seven or eight or nine defenders in in your Ford 50 and almost impossible for the likes of King and day and and, and, and previous Fords to uh, to mark the ball or even just get it to ground it was a lot of intercept marks over the last few years against the Suns. But if they move the ball like they did and, and keep possession and, 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 and stretch the field out, basically, with that sort of game plan and game style, it's going to be very difficult to defend and keep the Suns to a low score. And I know they only scored 58 points on the weekend, but they did miss um, four or five gettable goals. Uh, I know Sam Day played well, and, and but he, he did miss a very gettable goal that would have put us uh, 13 points or 12, 13 points in front at one stage. Um, and it, it was a bit of an unusual game. You, you, you spoke about, Shane, the, uh, the fast start there that the Eagles did get. I do like the composure that they showed, and, and I know they've been coaching and training this really hard to go to a, a mode of play which stops the opposition scoring, basically, when they get a bit of a roll on. And it was literally two and a half minutes of play had gone by and it was three goals, 18 to no score. So the West Coast kicked the first three goals in almost record time. And as you mentioned, they finished the game off and got over us in the end, but they actually kicked the last five goals of the game. So for the other hundred or so minutes of play, we kicked eight goals to four over a hundred minutes. So in that time, we kept and a very good, very strong attacking West Coast Eagles team, pretty much probably outside of uh, Luke Shuley and uh, Elliot Yo, they were pretty much at full strength. Uh, we were missing Ainsworth, so teams were pretty evenly matched, and yet we outscored them on their home deck, which in, is arguably the toughest road trip in footy to play the West Coast Eagles on their home deck. It was 34 degrees. We kept them to four goals in 100 minutes of footy. Uh, while we kicked eight of our own. Um, that is 
sensational signs, amazing signs for how the Gold Coast Suns are going to uh, take the competition by storm over the coming years uh, as long as they continue to um, work hard and keep this list together because we are pretty much the youngest list in the competition and um, led by, by Swallow and, um, and, and Witsy, there's a lot of young but very talented players that are now actually believing in the system, believing in each other and more, most importantly believing in themselves and that's what you saw such a, a good performance um, and one that could have gone the other way if we took some opportunities. So we were right in the game and 25 point margin does not do the final score justice at all. It felt like a, a one or two goal game all day. Yeah, the the way that they controlled the ball that you mentioned before, that was my positive from this game because that's actually the way West Coast prefer to play their get their football. That possession, chip kick, mark and hold on, keep that possession um, until something opens up. And the way the Suns did that against West Coast on such a big ground as the Optus Oval was very impressive and I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, on a smaller field such as Metricon as they try to uh, get that ball as quickly as they can inside 50 because when it's on it's on and Ben King looked like a much more damaging forward when they were able to hit him up we saw Isaac Rankin deliver a perfect pass into space and Ben King had no one around him he basically it was almost an uncontested mark his opponent was following him by a meter or two as good as the positional play was from King, the, the, the kick from Isaac Rankin uh, has shown uh, another another level of maturity from him. I, I dare say, beginning of last year, he probably would have taken off, had a bounce, and had a ping from 55 himself. Um, so there's some great signs there from Isaac on the weekend. He looked a real team player, uh, and at times he looked a little bit like an individual last season. Um, and I love his individual brilliance, uh, at, at, but there's got to be a time for it. And he chose the right time to uh, uh, to really be a true team player and he can play up the field a bit more. And he's got some leg speed as well. So we've got some leg speed and some great kicking skills. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Lockie Weller, uh, Jack Lacocious, Isaac Rankin. I wish I, I, I wish I was 20 years younger and um, was was good enough and was faster and a bit taller. And uh, I'd love to be in the forward line right now and uh, and receiving the ball from any one of those three. And um, their average age is 22 between the three of those guys, which is exciting for the next decade for the Suns with those guys entering the ball into the forward line. So that helps the likes of uh, of King and um, and others to uh, to stay at the club um, long, long term, which is obviously the plan and what we want um, and to stop those... Uh, uh, raids, I guess, from the Southerners, which uh, I think that's well and truly past us. Yeah. The top three uh, for the game, as listed by the AFL.com.au's player ratings, was Bose, Lukosius, and Collins. They were the top three Suns players, and all three of those players were in the top five. So it was a real team effort there, really good performance. Uh, unfortunately, one problem that came from that game was the injury to Matt Rowell. He has done a PCL tear and will miss 10 to 12 weeks. So unfortunately, we're going to miss seeing more of Matt Rowell, which is quite sad because he's one of the few people that you turn the telly on just to watch play footy. 
Oh, 100%. I couldn't believe it. He went down, and when, when he first went down and sort of rolled around a bit, I thought, oh, don't tell me he's landed on the shoulder again. And then I saw the replay and went, oh, no, he's, he's, his knee has dug into the turf, but there was no sideways movement. I went, okay, well, he hasn't had an ACL. Maybe he's maybe he rolled an ankle or, or maybe it's just a bit of bone bruising or something, but extremely unlucky to have a, a grade two tear of the PCL from from that sort of a hit. It's a shame he wasn't at Metricon because his knee probably would have uh, gone three metres down you know, in the mud um, with all the rain we've had. But uh, over there, there was a bit of a dent in, uh, in Optus Stadium over in Perth and uh, unfortunately the ground was... Um, was a bit hard on the day and uh, and did a bit of damage to him. It was just a freak accident and just like the uh, the, the shoulder injury he sustained last year, uh, just wretched luck for uh, uh, arguably the most talented uh, under 25 year old player in the AFL today. Um, we we we're being robbed uh, both live here on at Metricon Stadium and on on your TVs when um, when you're not at the ground. Uh, we're being robbed from not seeing. Uh, a prodigious talent, uh, strut his stuff and uh, and help the Suns get wins. And uh, even to the point, I've heard a lot of um, commentary around uh, Matt Rowell's injury and if it didn't actually happen, the way the Suns played and with what he potentially could have contributed to the game, you're not to know. Um, but the Suns could have actually got away with a win um, if, he, if he didn't go down that early in the game. Uh, Nick Holman did a good job coming on as the medical sub, but... Um, uh, if Matt Rowe didn't go down, the, the Suns, I reckon, would have got a lot closer if not won the game. Uh, that's how important he is to the team. However, um, the, it creates opportunities for others. Um, they'll, they'll shift the midfield around a little bit. And um, you might see, as I mentioned, someone like Lockie Weller spent a lot more time in the middle. And uh, even rotating the likes of Isaac Rankin and, um, and Ben Ainsworth through the middle as well, whilst uh, one of them sits at the feet of uh, Ben King and, uh, and Sam Day. So it creates opportunities and it'll be a different look, but uh, let's let's put our fingers crossed and our toes crossed and let's see hopefully Matt Rowell uh, around, around 11, around 12, around 13. And I did actually make a, a comment on the, uh, the social media pages of the Suns today that um, he'll be back in round 13 the Gold Coast Suns will be eight and four, and uh, he'll be a handy addition coming onto the bench to uh, influence some games and help us get to our first final series. That'd be ideal, wouldn't it? It would be ideal. I I haven't had that close of a look at the fixture to see just how realistic that is, but it sounds fantastic. So yeah, fingers crossed a, that it plant pans out that way for the Suns. We can beat anyone on our day. We can beat anyone. Anyone. We 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 just took it right up to the West Coast Eagles. Was seven points in front uh, a minute into the uh, into the final quarter, missed a couple of opportunities, could have been very different, uh, ran out of legs in 34 degree heat, and obviously with with losing Matt Rowell in the first very early on in the first quarter, um, yeah, I think I think we win a lot more games than uh, and we'll we'll beat opposition that we're not expected to. Um, the question mark is when we are expected to win, like on Saturday night that we turn up, put the effort in, and get the win, not just expect to win. Because that's, that's the next phase, that's the next stage of a young team uh, and where they can trip over themselves and go, oh, we're going okay at the moment. You know, we, we push West Coast. If we play, I oh, know, similar to that, we'll beat North Melbourne on the weekend. 
No, it's a new ball game. You got to start again. It's a brand new ball game. Yeah, that's definitely the what I'm thinking. It's a brand new ball game. We've got North Melbourne this weekend, and it's the start for the Suns to make Metricon Stadium their fortress. If we can win 10 out of the 11 games that we have at Metricon, we're well on our way to making that a place that opposition teams dread as much as we think about having to travel to Perth to play West Coast or having to travel to Geelong Stadium, whatever it is now, GM, HBA or something like that, to play Geelong or the MCG to play Richmond. We want Metricon Stadium to strike fear into opponents that have to travel up here to Queensland. And that all comes down to not just the Suns playing good footy, but also our fans getting to the games and supporting our team and really having an effect on the game. So hopefully we can get as many people as we can to Saturday night uh, to Metricon to to watch the Suns take on North Melbourne. Making Where do you think we can win uh, this game, Jason? Obviously, North Melbourne's a... Uh, a developmental side at the moment they're they're coming up through the ranks with young kids but that just means that they've got enthusiastic young players willing to to make their mark and have an impact well Shane we saw what the Sydney Swans did uh, against the Brisbane Lions on the weekend didn't we yeah we did they had three players playing their first game and one of them um, Errol Goulden. Errol Golding, Errol Goulden. Goulden, I think. Yep. Errol Golden, I think his name is. Yep. Uh, he he got the Rising Star nomination for round one, and uh, he he was sensational. Um, had a couple of other players as well that played really well and uh, got away with a five goal win over the Brisbane Lions, who were uh, not that far away from playing in a grand final last year. So you cannot just turn up and expect to win. And I do hope, and I'm very confident the Suns won't do that against North Melbourne. And and North Melbourne have performed pretty well against the Suns over the years and have won some games that uh, they weren't expected to as well. So, and another kicker is a lot of teams are going to be more familiar with Metricon Stadium after the COVID year we had last year because so many teams played a number of games on Metricon Stadium. So they'll be more comfortable at the venue. So it won't be as much of a fortress as we, we we would think it would be when a team plays maybe once every two years at a stadium. Uh, there was several games that I know North Melbourne, I, I saw them a few times last year at Metricon, and uh, they won't be too unfamiliar with, obviously, the, the dimensions of the field and, and, and the feel of the actual stadium. So that does take away a little bit of a home ground advantage from the Suns, but if they get out there, they bring the heat, they bring their best, and they make it difficult for the opposition to uh, to get an easy possession, um, then it doesn't matter on what stadium or what field that you play, uh, you should win if you bring your best, in te- best intensity and, and make wise decisions during a game of AFL. Yeah, I think... Uh, the game's going to be decided in the midfield. Uh, North Melbourne still got a pretty good midfield with Zebel in there. Uh, I think Cunnington's still kicking around that North midfield. And then they've got uh, Bailey Scott, former former Suns Academy player. Uh, so they've still got quite a bit of talent there and the Suns are going to have to win that midfield battle. And then it's what they do with the footy afterwards. They're going to have to make sure that they make those inside 50s count and get as many of them as possible 
And then it's all up to our forwards. Winning those one-on-one -on -one battles, we need Ben King to stand up. We need Sam Day to stand up, win the one-on-one -on -one battles, or at least draw even and get the ball to ground to give Ainsworth, who we expect will come back in, I'm going to say, instead of Ra with Rao going out. And yes. uh, Rankin and Weller and whoever else is down in that forward line, uh, being at front and centre of those boys and uh, getting clearing the ball out of those contests as quick as possible, hopefully towards a goal. So... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a bit of an advantage for the Suns on the weekend, the fact that uh, North Melbourne don't have Robbie Tarrant down back, so they're going to have a very inexperienced back line. Uh, Aidan Core did actually cop an injury on the weekend as well, and he sort of was the like-for-like -like replacement for Tarrant, so he may, not come, he may not come up, and if he does, he won't be 100%. And you mentioned um, he's an absolute bull and he's a gun of the competition, Ben Cunnington. He's still out as well, unfortunately, for, for North Melbourne. Um, and Zeebel's playing across half-back, so they've got a very young, very inexperienced uh, midfield with Sean Higgins now playing at Geelong as well. So North um, will will rotate some young boys through the middle, uh, and the likes of Bailey Scott playing on the half-forward line and may rotate through the middle as well. Here is a real opportunity for the Suns to show, not just North Melbourne but the rest of the competition, how far they've come in the off-season and a mature professional performance and a solid few goal win or, or more, um, I think is uh, is what should be expected internally. And I'd like to think externally as well. I think the Suns should I'm be... I'm delighted to announce that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, thanks for joining me on tonight's episode, Jason. We are running out of time and I'll have to have you back on the show because there's still so much more we can talk about. Um, but until next time, go Suns. Go the Sunnies. I'd love to be back. I hope to see you again. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.